0: The more we get rid of our baggage, the more we get rid of the judgments and conditions and become unconditional, the more chance we've got that nature is going to choose to bring us into the natural cycle. And once we're in there, it's just a different world. It's a different feeling. There's no isolation. You're just one. And it's like you are one with a whole community of this whole life force energy that is just so awesome.
1: The Biological Farming Roundtable podcast helps farmers explore innovative, low-input, regenerative and profitable farming systems. The Biological Farming Roundtable is sponsored by NutraSoil, an award-winning biological liquid fertiliser made from a big worm farm. NutraSoil's purpose is to empower farmers to produce life-enriching food. It is wonderful to have the opportunity to chat with Jane today. Jane first started her journey in regenerative agriculture with her father who was running a piggery many moons ago. Jane and her father developed a business which helped farmers identify gaps in animal nutritional needs by observing preferential feeding. Life changed direction after her father passed away. Jane followed her heart and her journey has led her to the South Australian coastline, where she now helps people unlock blockages which prevents them from achieving their full potential in the regenerative farming space. Even Jane finds it hard to pinpoint exactly what she does, so we decided to have a chat to explore an element of farming which may be taboo to some. Jane, I really wanted to just uh, have the conversation with you about where you sit. In helping people in regenerative agriculture. I know that you work with a lot of regenerative agriculture farmers and you work differently with every single farmer. So it's not something that we can generally explain, but I thought, why don't we just have a chat and some things will come out that might just hit home for someone and um, get them through that next level that they're kind of wanting to peep over. I think sometimes we're in our little box, and we're looking over the edge, and we don't quite know how to climb over that edge. And I think sometimes that that's probably very, um, you help people do that. Um, would you think that that's similar to what you do?
0: Yes. Yeah, it is. It's sort of like trying to, I guess, there's so many different, um, I'm struggling to get words out at the moment, but that's okay. It's quite challenging, I guess, for many people. We're in challenging times. We're in, times where, you know, what used to be maybe isn't anymore and we're sort of opening up to something that is maybe um, very foreign. The way I understand it is probably more going from an artificial understanding to a natural understanding. And, yeah, because of that, it's yeah, that's where probably when I'm – communicating sort of one-on-one with someone I'm really just sort of tuning into that environment and that person and it sort of then when I start to sort of talk in that way it makes it easier to have a conversation rather than sort of being really bored and trying to sort of capture you know that broadness and trying to hone that into something where it becomes more focused um yeah I don't know if that's making sense what I'm trying to say I'm just sort of trying to yeah reel it in but it's going from artificial to natural. There is going to be a transition, and it's not something you can just go from one scenario to another, um, just turning everything off. My probably why I do work with the people is because I feel the greatest part of it is is getting the people to understand what it is that they're trying to um, maybe let go of and open up to.
1: I think you working with the people helps them to change their farming system, but it's often not the farming side that you're always talking about. How do you start working with someone?
0: When I start it's just a, it's, initially it's just a bit of a general discussion, just to see what it is that the person is sort of looking to achieve, um, you know where they've been, where they're wanting to get to, maybe why. And then from there, I do need to get permission. So I do work remotely, so I don't necessarily need to step onto the farm, so I will get them to send me a map and from that map I then have an area that I can work within and from there I just get guided to wherever it is I need to start and then away we go. I never know what's going to come out.
1: Does someone always have a map or do they draw it? Um, Usually... They can go onto Google Maps and I think that's where I'm
0: not very tech savvy, but um, sometimes I get maps like that. Most people do and sometimes they don't, but if they don't, we just work around that. But most people so far have had maps.
1: So when people call you, what are they searching for? Why do you think they make that phone call?
0: I feel that they have an inner knowing in themselves that there's something better, Um, but they... Are struggling with that and then knowing how to work with that and transition to where it is that I believe they know they need to be. You know, we're living in a world where I guess there's certain maybe visuals um, and expectations and that can make it, very hard for people to sort of just go well hang on a minute why am I getting this why am I picking up on this what is making me feel like this and it's about working through that sometimes first before they can actually take that step
1: into where they need to head to. Is it a little bit like we've told ourselves a story and those stories have built up in our youth like I could I liken it even to the beginning of um, timeline therapy?
0: Yes because we've been I mean, everyone's different and whatever people believe, people believe. I, I don't, you know, it's but it's like people are being made to believe something that's not really who they are. You know, I'll i liken it to you've probably heard me say, Nicola, how I say judgments and conditions. We have these judgments and conditions that are put on us, you know, we have expectations, we're supposed to sort of um, behave in certain ways or, you know, this is the way that we've grown up, this is what we're supposed to believe in. But sometimes that doesn't quite sit with each individual and it's a matter of really being able to lift some of those things off and, and actually get to the core of well, what is it that is at that person's core and and then work with that um, rather than a bit like peeling an onion, um, taking those layers off. So I guess we can say the authentic self um, and then the authentic self being the one that is actually driving the move that's going forward.
1: It's kind of like wiping the slate clean, isn't it? So as a baby, we come out and we don't have these judgments and we don't have these conditions, but they have been put onto us and And you're helping that person sort of rebirth themselves without being too, <laughs> uh, yeah, like... Um, <laughs>
0: In a a roundabout way. Yeah, it's just taking some of those layers off. And I don't take them off. I'm just helping the person I'm working with, helping them to understand what it is that they need to know so that they can set themselves free.
1: I think it's one of our biggest challenges is mindset. That's the common word that we use, changing our mindset or changing our paradigm so that we can excel in regenerative agriculture. And that takes a long time. Like we know that our thoughts control our feelings, which control our actions. And that actually breaks down into the steps that you take in managing your farm. So it's that core of thoughts that you probably start working with people and and those thoughts have to be their thoughts and not others. And you've got to kind of get in there and find those thoughts because sometimes they're so deep.
0: Yeah, more often than not, they're actually locked away. They're hidden, and they need to be exposed because they're important. And the other thing, it's it, a lot of what locks that away is, is a lot of it is fear based. And then it's fear of being able to take that step forward. As much as somebody might want to, it's like I really want to do this, but I just can't do this. Um, you know, and then already they've created that. Well, they can't do this, so they can't do it. So once that you get to that core then there's like a, I don't know, a desire. And for everybody it is a bit different. So I find it a little bit challenging at times to work with certain words because one word might resonate with, you know, one person but not resonate with another. And this is when you're having a one-on-one conversation with someone, you can work with words that relate and that that person can relate to. But there's a strength that comes from within. But if that strength is locked away... How can that strength be harmless to be able to take that step? And it is a strength that is needed. Without that strength, we can't move forward.
1: Going back to how we find that strength, you talked about fear being a common thing. And, and I can think, okay, well, fear of failure, fear of um, uh, being profitable, fear of not being able to provide for your family. But there's also, um, there's a respect that, we don't want to change drastically what our parents have taught us because they've moulded us. And and if we love ourselves, then we, we love all of that. We love how we've been put together with all of our experiences. We love our past and our culture because without that, we'd feel pretty bare and we wouldn't feel very deep. So um, we've got to break through not only fear, but do it in a way that we're not offending others or wiping our family's experiences away.
0: Yeah, but is that then just a, um, yeah, it's a fear of an unknown because you know what you've grown up with but you don't know what you haven't grown up with. You're right. It's not easy to step out from that. And even within a family, I know when I, you know, when I started to open up to who I am today and, you know, who I am today in hindsight, I didn't know I sort of had a knowing but I didn't understand that knowing as much as what I do today and I still don't probably understand it for what I might do, you know, years down the track, whatever. But it was challenging to bring this out in amongst my family and show who I truly was. It really was. Um, And it was like, how do I do this? How do I say this? What do I, you know, are they going to, you know, are they going to understand? And my way of doing that was I, I actually had to, Not that I'm saying this is a good thing for anybody to have to do, but I actually left home because I felt, I guess, controlled. I didn't know that then. I know that now. But I felt controlled because I was expected to um, behave in a certain way and there was nothing wrong with that. I have total respect for my family. Um, But I just needed to be free. I needed to just be free to just find out and, and find out who I was. And the funny thing is I got taken in, I ended up being taken in by this really big family and I just loved the big family and I grew up in a big family but we probably didn't really spend a lot of time with cousins and extended family. And this family that I ended up staying with, they did do that and I really enjoyed that. So it was something that I needed to experience for whatever reason Um, and I still have a closeness with that family to this day um but although I was in a five like there's five siblings so it's a fairly big family but it didn't have that extended family so yeah I don't know where I'm trying to go with that but it was yeah and then sort of but I learned things by just being able to be free and not feeling like I was being controlled and from that yeah my journey sort of I guess began to where I ended up um and where I've come to today so I've been able to look at things from different perspectives and it's way more than that. There's no way I'd be able to speak about all that in depth today because, you know, there would be heaps to to talk about all that.
1: No, I I understand. Um, I think of friends who I have who I, I love and respect and I love to be around them and be in their family because it's a different culture to mine. And I love my family, but it's my culture. Yeah. Um, And I keep taking away parts of that every time that I spend time with them, but I still feel whilst I, I go, Oh, I wish that I was as expressive as that. I wish that I could let my barriers down or my, um, potential to be higher, to let go of, um, controlling things as much as they can. But each time I go away and I learn something from them. So it, what you're saying is that you were able to experience another way.
0: So it's really good because I think we're just sort of like bantering off one another at the moment because what I get from that is I probably grew up in an environment where maybe, and I'm just saying this now, I didn't know that until just now, um, you know, it was very in your head sort of thing. Yeah. Whereas the family that I felt connected to was just very heartfelt. You know, they just, it was just all heart and it was just, yeah, everybody was sort of one with one another. And it wasn't all, yeah, so, and it's funny because that's where I've ended up being today is it is about getting out of your head and getting into your heart. Um, You know, when I start to talk like this, it feels more natural to talk like this, sort of coming into this conversation. It's like, okay, how do I bring myself in to, you know, what we're sort of, I guess, working out we're going to be talking about today. But it is. The biggest part of what I do when I'm, um, working with people is is helping them. How do we get out of our head and get into our heart? Let go of all the the information that we may have acquired. It's not to say that that information isn't um, worth anything or you know it's it's not being valued. But how much of it do we need? How much of it don't we need to be able to move forward? Um, and and it does it does block us. It stops us. Whereas when we just sort of just be be in our heart, it's just different we start to look at the world from a different perspective you know you you go negative positive I know that you know and probably most people would relate to this at the moment there's you know what's outside of you there's a lot of negativity um there's not a lot of positivity but we we choose that too we can choose to buy into the negativity or we can go, well, you know, okay, that's there, that's fine, just push that aside. And we can just focus in on the positivity and use that as, you know, a way to move forward. Um, there's so many different aspects, there's so many different areas and, and, and so many different ways that we can look at things. Um, and again, should we be looking outside of ourselves? No. Uh, do we need to start looking in ourselves? Yes. What is it that, you know, we, Um, If there's something in our life that we're disliking, well, we need to change it. What do we need to change about ourselves so that we're not attracting that? Um, it's, It's up to us at the end of the day. We're the masters of whatever we have created in our life. So we are the masters to change that and we can create in our life whatever it is that we choose. It's not necessarily about what's going on outside of us. And then we start to look at things and we can start to go deeper.
1: Yeah, I think if you don't take that responsibility yourself, so for instance, if someone called you and they thought that you were going to fix them, or if they you know, were going to a business coach or going to a personal coach, they can give you the tools, but at the end of the day, you are the only one that can make that change. They're not going to change anything for you. You've got to change your own mindset. And yep. that takes time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because you said that a little bit before. You said it takes time.
1: Yeah.
0: There, you know how I work with my yes nos. I get a no. It doesn't yeah. have to take time. Um, we think it takes time, but it doesn't have to. So there are ways of navigating that differently so that we can get to where we need to get to quicker.
1: Tell us. <laughs> 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 no, I don't know what the
0: answer is, but it's I guess it is taking that responsibility. When somebody really is ready, when they're really ready and they feel that this is, you know this is what what is you know it's like a missing link or it's a piece of the puzzle that is needed or whatever, they're ready. And you can go from you know a to B as quickly as you choose. It's the understanding that probably, Like I need to know why. Um, I don't need to know everything, but I need to know why I am being asked to do something and what is the reason that I'm doing that. So when some information can come through that can answer that why or, you know, just give an answer that makes sense to that person and then you can just let go and move forward.
1: Do you think because we're so busy in agriculture, we've got the cropping season coming up, we, we have to get the crop in, we haven't really had time since harvest to sit and work on ourselves that we just dive straight back into the way that we farmed before? Is, is that a common thing that happens with people you work with?
0: Um, yes and no. Yes and no. I, I think there's a, a fear that if we don't do it that way, and money's a big, you know, like you said earlier on, there is a fear of failing, whereas if you keep doing the things that you know, well, that's okay. There's also the fear of being different, Um, you know, if everybody around you is doing things sort of like in a certain way and you're doing something a little bit different. But I don't – it doesn't need to be like a – I feel like I want to say scary, which sort of sounds a bit silly, but it it doesn't need to be a, a scary process. You would just start with something and then, yeah, I don't ever work with anybody right across the whole property. I'm normally guided to a certain area and there'll be something and it was like, you know, how did you work that out? You know, there'll be something. It'll be either the worst paddock on the farm or it'll be that there's always been a problem with that paddock or that area or, or whatever and it's a matter then of just working through that or what is going on here and at the end of the day you know I'm helping people to work with nature work with a natural environment it's very different to coming in and saying well this is what we need to do um because this is what is the best thing to do to grow that particular crop when working with nature you're working with the the natural elements you're working with okay what is going on here and um, people that work with me totally understand. We're asking questions, we're we're you know, we're connecting with the natural intelligence and working, you know, to understand what it is that is needed. Why is that going on? What is it that needs to be done differently? You know, and that goes to the whole ecosystem, which is the whole microbiome. It's it's everything working as one. So you can't just go and pull one section out and go, well, okay. We need to do this because that's not, it's its not working with the whole of the system. We might start in one area, but we're still sort of working then, well, not sort of, we are working, to encapsulate the whole system. What does it need? What is needed to get that system generating, to get it so that it is cycling the energy that, that is available in a natural system?
1: If someone has trigger words that they find uh, difficult to work with because of fear and because uh, I think of those blocks, how do you manage that? Like, do you come across farmers where they want to change, but you'll say a word and you'll feel that they've just, you've lost them? Like, for instance, energy like energy can mean a lot of things to different people. I know energy is just microbes moving around and and the connection of the electricity in the soil with negative and positive charges, but to someone else to say energy, they're going to go, you are woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I'll pick up, yeah, we'll just and then we'll just discuss. And yep. We'll just find a way of helping them to understand it in their way and I'm still struggling, I'm still trying to find if there was another word I could use instead of energy, I would. Um, But I still, to me, it's still about the... Um, you know, you can look at it as solar energy that comes in through the plants and then the plants, you know, whatever, there's the cyanobacter, they can harness the solar energy. We're still talking about an energy in that sense and that energy is being brought in to the natural environment and then it's a matter of having all the bits and pieces working as one to cycle that energy around and through the system. So to me it's still energy. Um, but in an artificial environment that energy doesn't cycle um that's my understanding but in a natural environment when everything is starting to work then the energy can be harnessed and it can actually cycle so it becomes a self-sufficient system it does take a little bit of time that's not going to happen in five seconds but that's what working with nature is all about as soon as we go and interfere with that then we will cause a blockage and that'll block that energy from flowing. So -hmm. that's probably my way of explaining why I tend to say the word energy. Um, To me, it's not woo-woo because it really is just exactly like a plant does, harnessing the energy from the sun, but being able to hold that energy in the system.
1: I absolutely love the word energy. I just wanted to get out there in case there was someone that was this thing that had a trigger that go, okay, this isn't for me. Um, again, I think of energy, yes, in the soil, absolutely, like I described, but if you have someone who is beaming and they're smiling and they're putting great energy out there, it travels across the room. But if you have someone who's really cranky about something and their energy is inward, it doesn't travel far. And I think even with what we eat Gives us a different energy that we can then put out to the world. So I'm very, um I love energy and I just wanted to help people understand how you work with it.
0: Yes. And then the other word we could use that you could bring vibration in too, because when you mention, you know, somebody radiating energy, they are usually, well, they would, their vibration would be very high or would be higher. And someone that's not radiating that energy, their vibration would be low. Mm. And there's, there's also another way of working with that as well. So energy yeah. vibrations, you know.
1: Mm. And I, I don't want to limit that energy or vibration that's high just to outgoing people. You know, like I've got a husband and he's very quiet and calm, but his energy is still that high vibration energy. Yes. Yeah. Because that's
0: yeah. It's it's just coming from a different because it's coming from a heart space rather than a head space. So yeah, you're exactly right because it's not something that has to be exuded from somebody, but it's still. Um, and this is where probably we've got. Um, I guess, and I guess you can actually have an artificial energy and a natural energy. So there would be differences between that, and and the natural energy may be a more uh, subtle energy, um, not so out there. So you know, we could go to in this we could go to like ego. Ego could radiate as energy and it could radiate as high vibration, yet it can also be very blocking and very detrimental because it can actually be one um, aspect that can actually stop somebody from actually moving forward because the ego basically controls their movements and stops them from just being who they truly are. That's a big one to say that.
1: It is. You know, I just... (laughs) I think of a plant so we're putting artificial energy into a plant and it's got this we're nearly making it have an ego getting big and green and but the subtle energies are missing like the you know we're putting inorganic nitrogen the organic nitrogen the organic you know all of these um, complex molecules work very subtly um, but they really are what makes the plant healthy um, and it they've got no ego
0: and then that would lead to immunity. So the natural plant would have a higher immunity than the, you know, the plant with the ego.
1: Absolutely. I want to hear more about, so you start working with the client. Has there been anyone who has just gone, I've got it straight away? Uh, Not me, of course, because we've worked together. I'm, I'm probably <laughs> more.
0: <laughs> I want to say yes. Um, There is because there's people that are right there and it's like there's just that, wow, somebody gets me. Somebody actually gets that I'm ready and I reckon it's because they can just let go and just be themselves where they haven't felt they could do that before and they do just get it. They do. It's probably rare but there are definitely people that are just ready to the point that they really want to change everything straight away and it's like, whoa, hang on a minute. But, yeah, definitely. can think of a couple from you asking that question.
1: I know it's not nice to say names, Uh, but I think the early adopters, so these are the people who love to be different. They love to find new things. They don't care what anyone else thinks. They're probably people that could harness this pretty quickly. But then I see people who I think got it straight away, but they still stay very quiet because they don't want judgment from others.
0: Yes, and that's because they then need to prove it to themselves. So I totally get that. Yeah. Um, because they can, they can just be, they can do what they need to do. And why do people need to go and boast about what they're doing anyway? I think the better side of it is just to quietly work away at what you, you know, at what is known. Um, but maybe not completely understood but there, there's an inner knowing and then just allow it to start to unfold and, you know, people need to see to believe. So when it's just given that opportunity to, you know, when you're working with a parcel of earth and just, you know, working on that, that area and then, you know, you get people that drop in or drive by and they go, wow, what are you doing there? What's going on? I think there's more in that than actually boasting and saying, oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and doing this. And it's almost like you're setting yourself up for failure, whereas the other way, it's like it's coming from a whole different space um, because it sort of gives more, I don't know, gratification or something. It's like, oh, well, wow. so there is something going on there. There is something in in what is happening here because people are able to actually see it.
1: Well, it goes back to being your authentic self. And being your authentic self, you just work within what you believe and you don't need that, yeah, the external um, approval of others. But then there's we've got activists and I think of Zach Bush and he's out there and he's flying the flag uh, for regenerative agriculture and he has made big mind shifts in people. So there's definitely people that we need spokespeople but we also need these farmers to be successful themselves so that they can then show that to others
0: yes and I think once they get through that and they can see um the benefits in in what is actually showing through visually then they actually feel within themselves that it's they're quite happy to speak up and they're quite happy to um You know, open up to the rest of the world. It's not easy to explain, though. Like, it's not easy to explain what it is that, and I I do believe the words are starting to come, but explain what's actually going on when you're working with a natural living system and some of the things that to get that system to actually start functioning, some of the things that need to be lifted off or understood to be pushed away so that it can actually do that um yeah it's not easy to explain that so sometimes that can be like well okay how am I going to explain this and and most people want answers like a lot of people want to know what it is you need to do for for everything to start to work where it's not the same it's not a form it's not a set formula there's not a set recipe it's that situation, that's what needed to be done and another situation, it might be different. So I think that's why it's a little bit difficult for people to just come out and go, well, this is what I'm doing here and blah, 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 and I did this and I did that. It may not be understood by somebody else. Like saying the word energy, what we said before, some people get it, some people don't. Well, some of the work that needs to be done, some people will get it, some people don't. It's only the people in that environment that need to get it. And a people in another environment will will understand it in a different
1: way. I wish I could edit my little dog out barking, but I, I can't get to her because I have to stay near to my phone. It doesn't, matter. It doesn't matter. I think we're working with nature. So we're going to have really good seasons and we're going to have really challenging seasons. We're going to have time where we're not as comfortable with the ground cover as what we would like to be. Um, we're dealing with animals where we have to make sure their welfare is looked after. And we're dealing with family businesses which don't always think the same. So there is no right recipe that one farm can follow.
0: No, there isn't. And there's no set recipe in nature because it's always changing.
1: We just look at what we're dealing with at the moment. Would you really have thought five years ago that... We would be getting permits to go from state to state. That vaccination would be a question, whether we could move around or not. Wearing masks in shops, um, roadblocks. Sometimes I think I'm in a science fiction movie at the moment.
0: It's a bit like that, isn't it? Is it what we've created, though, or is it what's been created? I don't
1: know. Oh, can I test that question? I'm going to ask you, Jane, have we created the environment that we have now? Yes. And can we turn that around? Yes. So what are we going to do? <laughs> tell us some real life I examples. Think. Can you tell us some of the clients that you work with and what they've changed?
0: Probably the biggest one and, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to be talking and saying that, you know, people should be doing this or people should be doing that. People will do whatever they feel is right for them. But I would have to say that one of the biggest things is not using chemicals or not using the quantity of chemicals that they used to use um, because their biggest fear was getting sick from using their chemicals. So that that would definitely have to be one of the biggest. The other is, you know, rather than growing monocultures, growing multi-species and seeing the difference in those I and mean, when you've got the different diversity of plants growing, you know, like just how things change, um, you know, Christine Jones does a wonderful talk about functioning soil and you know it's also true and correct that the more plants you've got growing, the other thing is starting to actually love what people call weeds, you know, which I will call indicator plants because they're just indicating that there is that that soil is needing something or that plant is needing to grow in that spot to do something which is just part of a natural system that is trying to heal itself. Um yeah, just just looking at the way it changes, like to grow a, a moldy species where the, the crop is not uniform and and it's you know what what a lot of farmers will say, oh it looks messy because it's not all neat and and you know straight across the top and raised so high and whatever. It's yeah, and just getting used to that. And then turning around saying, I really like the look of that. It just looks so natural it just looks, yeah, it just looks so good. Um Those sorts of things. And then it's the change that they go through in themselves. Um, That's the bit that I really resonate with is how much the individuals change as people. Yeah, I just see them starting to shine. They just, I don't know, they grow. They have a, a different way of looking at the whole environment, looking at the world possibly even. I can't speak for other people and I never will, but they're just the things that um, that resonate with me and just I guess a lot of those judgments and conditions lifting off which are just learnt behaviors that's all they are and just realizing that they're learnt behaviors and and that you don't need to continue to work with them um you can find ways and hey that's not easy because we we've learned we've learned certain patterns we've learned you know things that as we've grown up and and how we've related to other people or the world or whatever and and then going, well, hang on a minute, do I want to be, do I still want to relate in that way or do I want to look at it in a different way? So becoming more unconditional and we're only human, we all make mistakes, but being able to recognise that and going, okay, I'll do that a bit different next time, I'll try it this way. So being able to pick up on those things, which is really just being responsible to self.
1: I think sometimes I have a barrier where I say um, I'm busy and I I use busyness as an excuse because I know when I can sit back and do my meditations and make sure I'm eating healthier, I've got the time to organise all of that um, and to really not be going one job after the other, after the other. I think a different energy comes in when you're very busy. Yeah, it's like an adrenaline. Yes, yeah. so yeah. I can I energy test that with you and say, "Is that just an excuse? Do you see people who are extremely busy who can stay in this heart center?
0: Um yes, they can. Is it just an excuse? No. You can stay in there. It's learning to do that though. it's It's like you can feel it, that you're just working from your heart center. Instead of sitting in your head all the time. You literally need to empty your head out. And you need to get rid of all that clutter.
1: And do you think that's where meditation comes in? Like, do you recommend that to people?
0: Well, everyone's different because I'm not really, um, I'm probably not really a big one in meditation.
1: No, I didn't um, think you were. But
0: other people are. And yeah, it's whatever <laughs> works for each individual. I just, if I just go off and just be out in, you know, I just go off for a walk. Go out into the paddock, whatever. Just out, be out in nature. That's enough for me. But other people, they do need to quieten their minds. So we're all we've all been put together a bit differently, and as a result, it's up. You know, each individual finds a way that they can do that. And we do need to we we need to change the way we do need time out. We need time out for ourselves. But my time out might not be the same as what your time out is because I might. I might be busy doing something, but I might love what I do. And so to me, that's,
1: I'm out. I see that. I see that in people. Yeah. I think it's when
0: people are doing something that they don't really enjoy doing. Like if you don't love what you're doing, then you're in the wrong place to start with.
1: Yeah, I don't like cleaning my house.
0: (laughs) So You should pay someone to clean your house. I do. Right, because you you... Um, you know, because there are other things Mm -hmm. that you love doing. And if you're doing those things, then you're better off, yeah, you're better off doing that. And there'll be somebody that actually will love cleaning and they'll be grateful that they can get to clean your house because that's what they love doing.
1: I love having a clean house, but I find I get very distracted while I'm cleaning. I constantly just want to go outside because I'm always, I'm just an outside person. So, yeah, yeah. please don't think I live in a pigsty. I don't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I can relate to what you're saying because I would rather be outside yeah. I would rather, you know, be doing what I love doing. Yeah. And, yeah, so, and yet yeah, there's other people that love cleaning. That's their thing. Oh, yeah. Um, my mum is a classic.
1: Yeah, we've she talked about her. Friend. Yep. And she loves it. She loves it. So my mother-in-law,
0: it. To her, saying... she'd probably rather cleaning than, I mean, don't get me wrong, she loves being outside too. Yep. Yep. But she loves cleaning and to her, that somebody else might look at it and say, oh, you're a tonic or, you know, you're always cleaning. She loves it. Yeah. So to her, I would, to my mum, I would say that that isn't seen as something that is, you know, taking
1: time out of her day because it's something that she just loves. Yeah, so She's find doing it what from her love. heart. She's not doing it from her head. That's what it is. So to go into yeah. your heart, make sure you're doing what you love. Yep. Mm, that's, that's a good point. We've reversed this conversation a little bit Jane. How did you get to be doing what you're doing now? Where did you come into this?
0: Well I've I've always been involved like my family has all been tied in with agriculture. And I I started like my dad started off with intensive piggeries and from that and I sort of was a little bit sort of working in that for a, a bit of time. Um, it wasn't sort of something that I probably felt um, I, I didn't probably enjoy that. I didn't know that. I was only young, but it wasn't, I to think, why are these pigs in these intensive sheds? And then when um, that sort of changed and we went into, um, I don't know, my dad was a bit of an entrepreneur. Um, he's not with us anymore, but he came up with a – a concept of the animals picking and choosing what they needed through a range of vitamin yeah. and mineral supplements. And uh, we called yeah. them Feed Value Indicators. And he basically asked me right from where I go, do you want to help me do this? Um, you run the office, you know, you do all that sort of stuff. I'll get the product out there. And we just started off in this little shearing shed and, and it all sort of just started to grow bit by bit and um, grew into a very successful business. And my dad ended up having a heart attack and he used to deal with all the technical side of the business and he couldn't do that anymore. So I was doing pretty much all the rest and I needed to step into those shoes for a bit and I did. And when I started doing that, what the farmers would actually do was report how much the animals, like a mob of animals, were taking of the particular products. They'd report that through. The girls in the office would enter that into a computer, which we had a program made up, and then that would come through to the technical side. And based on the way that they selected the products, um, we would write back, back in those days, it was email. Um, write back by email what it is that needed to be changed on farm so that products could be custom blended to provide more accurately what was missing in the animal's diet from what was being selected from the the, the grasses available. Um, mostly it was grass-fed, but there was, you know, some grain feeding and whatever. And I started doing that and I was like, oh, okay, so i just type away, yeah, do this, you need do this, do this, and I'm thinking, how do I do this? Anyway, I sort of connected with a few of the the farmers and started to sort of I guess pick up on things and and then they would still tell me how do you you know you, you're picking up on things we're seeing some really good things changing and and whatever and and, and then like you know, I'm sort of trying to cut it a bit short but trying to say enough that it makes sense um and in that there was always visuals as well so we used to monitor what the the feces of the animals were like um that was a visual indicator for the the farmers which would get reported as well. But I just I don't know something just kept coming through to me and it was as we worked through. Oh yeah, what happened is I ended up um, I couldn't just do that from just sitting there without actually having a practical understanding. So I bought a property. And basically had a menagerie of all different animals. And so I used to work with the products myself and played around with them. And and it just kept coming up again about this energy thing. So we played around with complex carbohydrates, simple sugars. And I was sort of offering that as well because it was sort of saying, okay, what do we need to do? Yeah, it was, I don't know, it's hard to put into words. And I guess the animals, because the way it was, is like they were communicating with me and saying, hey, we're really looking for something a bit more here, like because that's how I got the energy thing. We need more. And probably a lot of it is about protein with animals, but that's not what was sort of coming through to me. And we played around with grains and all sorts of things and offering fibre consistently. and, And it was still something really lacking in their diet. And so then I learned about harnessing and working with the energy. And when I did that, the animals started reacting quite differently. And then it sort of was like, okay, this is about, I, I knew that they knew what they needed to do. I always knew that. But it was like, how do I help the people to understand what they need to change so the animals can do more what they need to do? But from there, I just got guided to go work with the people. And when I started working with the people, so this is sort of how it all started with the Haggerty's, with Diane Ian, and mostly it was the guy that I worked with, but they were working with the feed value indicators and I used to also think, oh, this is just too difficult. Like there's so much work involved in doing this. How on earth are the, you know, the farmers going to be able to do all the things that they need to do, plus offer these products, record them, which was weighing them report them on a form, send them through. It's just too labour intensive. Great results, but too labour intensive. So I thought Dai was pretty open. I was pretty open. We were both very raw. and We thought, okay, let's just try something here. And I got that I needed to work with the people and help them to understand something. I didn't know what I was doing then, but I just followed the guidance I was being given. And what happened was the animals stopped taking all of the products. And it was like, oh, this is a bit weird. So I did some more work with with my energy work with with dye and and within, but more so with dye. And then from there um, they'd sort of go, you know, something would change and the animals would start working the products again. And it was like, okay, so I'd do a bit more work. And it was very different then to what it is now but because that was the starting. And from there I basically got the nod, you don't need to do these products anymore. And it was It was a good business. It was, I worked with farmers all over Australia, but it just wasn't right anymore because to me it was artificial. So to offer those products to the animals was still an artificial way of providing what they needed. So I basically closed the doors to that company and I was guided to just go out and work with people. I also felt very um, strange because I didn't know how to explain what was going on with me and why I was picking up on all this stuff. I found that I was getting a bit drained um, as I worked with people because I hadn't built resilience. I didn't really understand what was really going on. So in closing that, I was able to then go out and I did move to Adelaide. So I was living in a city environment and I just worked in a retail shop and with that I was able to start to build resilience to turn off what it was that I had opened up within me and, yeah, because I need to turn it off. It was just too much. I was picking up on everything and it was not driving me mad but probably a little bit driving me mad.
1: Was and it painful? From, pardon? Was it painful?
0: It wasn't painful. It was draining. Yeah. It was just draining and i just walk past people and i just pick up on stuff and I was like, what on earth is this? And it was like, you need to go to that person this or whatever and it's like, I can't do that. Um but then every now and again it would feel like I did need to say something. So odd, odd times I would, especially when I was working in the retail shop, I had put my walls up and every now and again somebody would walk in and I'd go, oh, I can just feel this, and it would make me cry. Um, it would just be overwhelming. A couple of times I'd go to these people and, you know, I'd just say, well, I'm picking up on this, I don't know why I need to say this, but blah, blah, blah. And... Um, yeah, it was amazing what would happen because it just changed those people's lives. And that then gave me confidence again to, and all through this, I'd still kept connection with um, Diane. In. That was still something that was just going on in the background because it, it just was, it was so new and raw, but it wasn't something that we probably could speak about because we didn't understand it ourselves. And yeah, and then from there, I don't know, I've learned to build resilience. And then when I moved from Adelaide to where I am now on the York Peninsula, basically the day I arrived back here, um, the day we arrived here, I received a phone call from an old client from 12 years previous, and they basically said that they wanted to come and see me. And I'm thinking, oh, that's a bit weird, why? Um and I did also put it out there. I don't know what I'm doing when I'm moving there. Whatever I'm supposed to do, bring it to me. And, um, yeah, so they ended up coming over visiting me and what they needed to let me know, which is probably what I needed to hear, and it can probably make me feel bit. <laughs> I'll do one of those things. Um, yeah, there was a paddock that I worked on and they said that they needed to just explain to me because I didn't know how to – at the end of closing business, I tried to work energetically and charge a fee for that, but I didn't feel comfortable doing it. And, yeah, people just thought I'd gone Probably a bit strange because I couldn't explain it. So, But with this particular paddock, I did this work, and I can remember the name of the paddock and even could remember the name of the paddock when the, the people came to see me. And they said that they just needed to catch up with me to let me know, even though it was 12 years later, they felt guilty because – they had never let me know that that one paddock that I worked on to this day, well, to this day, the animals will always have a preference to go into that paddock. So I guess it helped me to understand, well, there was something in what I was doing. There's something in the knowing that I had. So I needed to open back up to it again and, yeah, and then just see if I could do this with with other people, um, not just working with dine-in. Yeah, and that's basically what I've been doing the last four years and it's just been amazing what has happened. It's something that I don't put anything out there. It's just word of mouth and the people that I've met and now that I actually can, you know, there's anyone in South Australia, I've actually been able to go on to their farm. Um, I do do a farm visit and it's just been awesome and it's amazing the changes that are taking place. Absolutely amazing. I'm amazing
1: myself. Yeah. Uh You've amazed us at Nutrisoil. Like you work with the team at Nutrisoil, you work with the Nutrisoil family. uh, You work with our worms, our beloved worms. And we have we have climbed stairs we did not think we were going to climb. And I speak to other people who work with you. And you have different different conversations, I think, and and there's a understanding that we can talk deeper and we can expand further. I think it gives permission so I heard Nicole Masters on a podcast the other day say that she was out in the field it was a podcast with John Kempf and she was out in the field and she could hear something coming behind her and she just stopped and listened and she says this story much better than I can but bison came over the hills um, from ancient times and she said when they, I'm getting tingles now, Sam. Oh, it, just, it just flooded me. Yeah. And then when when they passed her, she felt she felt the wind of them passing her and then she heard a voice that said, <laughs> uh, thank you. I, I know, too. I know. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And I just felt like that. That took me another level to hear Nicole say that and, and I let her know and she was very thankful. But to put ourselves out there that that there's an extension to what we currently think and it can take us another level, um, I'm all for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, like in, the, in our physical world that we live in, we are so disconnected. Yeah. We are so disconnected from what really what the true possibilities are um yeah it's it's infinite possibilities it's it's a new language it is a new language and that's why I mean I do struggle I struggle to put words to all of this I'm inviting the words to come come through so that we can you know so that there is a way of just, Putting it into simple context that more people can understand, with it sounding if 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 to some it sounds airy fairy, um, because it's not. It it is. It's the way that nature. It is what nature is, and instead of us trying to control, we need to just. Um, well, the other thing is, I will say that now is like civilization is pretty disconnected from nature, so. One thing that I actually feel is I feel like I'm one with nature. I feel like that I'm in there, I'm in that cycle, and I am just able to sort of, yeah, just connect, pick up on. It doesn't matter which aspect, whether it's the soil, the plants, whatever, is just read into that and just work through, okay, is anything needed? If it is, what is it that's needed? And and just trying to work with the most natural inputs we can. There is a transition and it varies. It varies from paddock to paddock. It varies from season to season. But just trying to find some way that we can just – that's probably why I work with the people because if the people are disconnected, then my understanding is that nature chooses us. We can't choose nature. So the more we get rid of our baggage, the more we get rid of the judgments and conditions and become unconditional, the more chance we've got that nature is going to choose to bring us into the natural cycle. And once we're in there, it's a, just a different world. It's a different feeling. There's not isolation. You're just one. And it's like you are, which is where I sort of started in the beginning, it's like you are one with a whole community of this whole life force energy that is just so awesome. And and you, you can't do anything but respect it because have, it's like you have to and it's not
1: because you're being told to, you just do. I think you've just ended the podcast, Jane. That was amazing. <laughs> I think like infinite possibilities is a word I picked up on. Speaking from the heart, even if you struggled to believe it, but it feels good. It feels right. You've got that gut feeling. If you let yourself believe it, it can take you to another shift and it can expand you further. And, and I think that's how I work with you. I could be closed-minded and say, that's not how it is, but when I sit with it, I enjoy it and I feel it. I I expand. And um, that's a song that we use all the time. You use it all the time at Nutrisol. Darren, my husband, wrote it. It's about expanding your mindset, expanding your heart, and uh, that's what you help people do, and that just flows into how they farm. Yep. Mm. Yep, definitely. I think we should wrap up, Jane. Gosh. (laughs) I have no idea how long we've gone for, but just to keep... we can. Yeah. yeah. it's it's been so good talking to you, and I hope that this gives someone... Uh, just a piece of expansion that they can then um, learn to work with nature so that our land is regenerated, our food is healthy and our people become more one with nature and community.
0: Yeah, because it is infinite possibilities. We just need to open up to that what has been, may not be and what will be is going to be the new way of living. And that's probably why all this stuff's going on. There's all these roadblocks. There's all these blockages. We just need to let go and open up. And the dogs (laughs) agree.
1: Please follow the Biological Farming Roundtable podcast. Share it with your friends and networks. I'm Nicola Maddick and I work at NutriSoil, a liquid biological fertiliser made from a big worm farm whose purpose is to empower farmers to produce life-enriching food.